Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Yes, indeed, it is time for Critical Thinking. Andrew Coppins alongside you. You can follow me on the socials at The Coppins Show. Do not forget, you can watch the show every single Monday through Friday over at the Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Just type in Critical Thinking. You'll find us. Subscribe there. Don't miss a single episode. Or if you like to listen via podcast, you can do that as well on your favorite podcasting platform. Again, if we're not on that platform and we're on like at least a half a dozen of them, if not more, please let us know and we will kindly and gladly put it up for you. Um, So what are we going to be talking about on today's show? Could we be talking about Albert freaking Pujols? who still somehow was playing Major League Baseball, that bionic man himself, um, pitching the top of the ninth for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, that's right. Albert Pujols, you know, catcher, first baseman, outfielder, uh, home run hitting extraordinaire, uh, Mike Trout before Mike Trout existed, um, pitched in a 15-2 ball game against the mighty Pittsburgh Pirates. How about we talk about um, all of the L's that the Biden administration seems to be taking? In fact, I I think that's what we should do on today's episode. And what do I mean by all of that? Well, I, I, I just wonder, when we look from abortion to the economy to simple, basic necessities of life, Around every corner of whether you talk politics, culture, economics, sports, you name it, the White House and the leftists seem to be taking L's, like self-induced L's. 
to the point where it has me wondering if this is just what they want to destroy, deconstruct the American way as we have known it? To do what? Replace it. If they can just work inside the levers of power and in the bureaucracy to take it down internally and replace it with their socialist slash Marxist utopia, however you want to define what they're looking for. I cannot come up with a innocent explanation for all of the combined L's that are going on, all of the losses. They're just taking all the losses lately. So it's just, it amazes me. I mean, it's like watching somebody playing Mario Kart while they're drunk and high in college, while they're just slipping on every banana peel put in front of them as if they couldn't see it, as if it wasn't clear and obvious what was in front of them. Yet, uh, oh, maybe they are drunk and high in the what? Maybe that's what's going on here. Because I cannot come up with an innocent explanation for why all of these L's are happening at the same time. So, for instance, let's just go to Exhibit 1 here, okay? Let's take Exhibit 1 of the L's that are going on within the White House. And this is baby formula, folks. Baby formula. What is in front of you, if you are watching, or not watching, if you are listening via podcast, hit the pause button, go over to our Rumble page, Critical Thinking, and check it out. But the White House... On Instagram, put this chart out. Guidance to follow if you're having trouble finding infant formula. The do's include use a different brand of formula than the one that you're used to. Okay for most infants. Except for it's not. Except for it is really not okay for most infants. In fact, for a lot of infants, for even 10% or 1% of infants... Um, they they can't do any other formula because of either dietary restrictions or allergic reactions or <clears throat> they could die if they do it. No, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Number two, call your OBGYN or pediatrician to see if they, quote, have in-office samples, or can suggest a similar formula that may be more readily available. Oh, so your solution is call your doctor. Where did we hear this before? Oh, Jen Psaki, that's right. Jen Psaki told us that. That just call your doctor. Yeah, we're, we're at free samples because that will, will cure this long lasting formula shortage. It's been going on for three months. And then finally, if you don't have other options, toddler formula is safe for a few days for babies who are close to a year of age. Again, a few days doesn't solve this long-term shortage problem, you morons. But folks, think about this. This... This is simple messaging. 
This is a simple problem to solve because what do we know? Well, the biggest uh, manufacturer in the United States of America when it comes to baby formula was shut down three months ago over an expected or unexpected bacteria outbreak inside the plant. Three months ago, we still haven't figured out how to solve that safety issue. In three months, by the way, they supply 40% of all of the baby formula in the United States of America. Maybe, just maybe, consolidating that much power on, in a product by one manufacturer is not good for the American public. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, I don't know, stopping crony capitalism. Yes, I said that. Stopping crony capitalism should be at play here. Maybe, just maybe, we should be producing more of this stuff at home. But this also goes back to government regulation. You can't just snap your fingers and become a baby formula plant overnight. Just as... Remember all the people who wanted to switch their um, alcohol producing lines into um, hand wipes and um, all of the, the hand sanitizer, right? And most places wouldn't allow it because it was against the, the regulations of the FDA and, and all of that wonderful goodness, all that bureaucratic nightmare stuff. Oh, that's right. Um, another solution would be can we get more formula from overseas, right? And, and, and let's replace most of our missing 40% of production. You know what we could do? We could go overseas, right? Uh, oh, wait, what's that? The FDA doesn't like the, the, um, the label on the formula? How hard is it? To simply state to the American public, we are aware of the problem, we are working diligently and hard and quickly to ensure that the plant that is in question gets up and running as quickly and safely as possible. That's the solution to the problem long term. The temporary solution that is in front of us is to find where product exists and start to increase the supply now. Screw your red tape. Screw your bullcrap. We are not talking about having a problem with t-shirts going to the market, right? We can't find enough cotton supply in the United States of America to make all the t-shirts that people want to consume. Okay, so here's what you do. You, you wear the things that you have currently. That doesn't work for babies. This is literally a matter of life and death. This is literally the difference between a baby dying and living. For Americans, this isn't some, you know academia-laced discussion of economic theory or Federal Reserve policy or whatever else goes on inside the halls of Washington, D.C. on a theoretical basis. 
This is not even the abortion debate, which will largely die down come June or whenever the heck they actually make this decision public. Okay, this is not that. This is not something that, while important, and we're going to show you why it's important in a little bit, while important, is a cultural hot-button issue that ebbs and flows. This is not. This is, my baby will die without this. And it's not like parents, as I've said multiple times on this program, it is not like moms can just start producing more breast milk and, oh, by the way, never mind the fact that 30-some-odd percent um, can no longer produce breast milk after six weeks, never mind all of the people who have other complications, never mind all of the other things that go on, the callousness, the, well, the flimpage, just go talk to your doctor, Jen Psaki, and all of the people inside the White House. The messaging should be simple. We hear you. We understand the problem. We are working with the major provider that is at issue to quickly and safely get the plant back up. And in the meantime, we are looking to find supply from other places that we can deem to be safe and edible for the vast majority of children. Because it turns out that that messaging would work. Why would you take a self-L? Why would you take an L on something as simple and important as life or death? Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this because this just ticks me off to no end. That we are supposed to believe that in the richest, the smartest, the most innovative, the, uh, the most ingenious society to have ever existed on the face of the earth, right? We're, we're expected to believe that we cannot solve an infant formula shortage, that we can't figure out that going in and sanitizing a plant that produces baby formula, we're expected to believe that that cannot be accomplished in three months. What is the innocent explanation for this problem not being solved? What is it? This is not a complicated issue. Well, maybe it is because of bureaucracy, but it shouldn't be. Do we want to make sure that it is bacteria-free? Do we want to make sure that it has been sanitized? Do we want to make sure of all of those things? Absolutely. But there is no way in hell that this should take three months. No way. When it can take 24 hours for a 6,000-square-foot home to have mold remediation done. If a mold remediation company can come in and clean up a 6,000-square-foot house in a day, could this take a week, a month? Absolutely. And we could have lived with that because we would have had enough supply. 
But instead, we don't. We're now at month three, going on month four, with literally no confidence coming out of the White House, the FDA, or Abbott Laboratories to tell us, hey, by the way, everything was going to be okay because we're almost back up and running. No, literally Abbott is telling us that they have no way of knowing because why? Because these people in the FDA are not giving them any clue as to when they're going to fix the problem or certify that they fixed the problem. Because here's the motivation of Abbott, right? Profit. Three months shut down at the number one provider of baby formula? You don't think that they want to get that sucker up running as fast as humanly possible? What the hell is going on? What is the innocent explanation? There isn't one. Only working through the spirit of the age would suggest that getting to the verge of allowing babies to die because of a lack of supply of formula is an okay and an acceptable outcome. Is that possible? Only if the work of the spirit of the age is being done, is that possible? Is it a simple lack of understanding, caring, putting people in the right positions of power, or just watching the spirit of the age work through these people? Is that what is going on here? I ask because I can't come up with an innocent explanation for this. Speaking of the spirit of age at work here, folks, speaking of that, and speaking of taking L's, with the notice in Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization, that it's likely that Roe versus Wade and Casey will be struck down by the United States Supreme Court. And whether you agree or disagree morally, there's no way that you could possibly think that this was constitutionally sound decision-making in Roe v. Wade, nor in Casey. No way. I don't know a single constitutional scholar that says, yeah, that was sound that that made any sort of sense. I don't know that they exist, by the by. But you would think in the midst of this heated moment, right, this super hot, white hot moment in the moral debate on abortion, that you would do what as the White House, what as the Democratic Party, because what is also coming up here in the next few months? Oh, a midterm election in which you are already polling as if you are going to get your ass kicked. So what should you do? Highlight your crazies or make sure your crazies are known to be crazy by yourself? Or trot them out as if they represent your actual position on the issue. What? What? Th I'll give you a hint. You do not put them in front of cameras 
and act as if they represent your position. Just as I would say the absolute crazy extremists of the pro-life movement, the people who would believe that we should murder the people who are um, committing abortion, should be put to the back of the line because they're insane. The White House should be very clear that they do not support the extreme positions that are coming out. I don't know. How about, um, well, <clears throat> vetting people that would go before cameras in Congress, making sure that um, they at least are smart enough to not tell the world your true actual feelings on abortion. Now, I would suggest that that's a W for the pro-life movement, but it certainly is an L for that side of the debate. Because I present to you Amy Arambidi, excuse me if I'm pronouncing your last name correct uh, incorrectly, but I present to you Amy, who went before Congress and had <clears throat> this to say in regards to the basic question of can a man give birth? Um, what do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Okay. Um, do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Yes. Wait, what? So I, I did a quick experiment and I typed it into the Google machine. Can men get pregnant, right? Um, Healthline, which many of our Google searches in regards to health situations, tells us that men can get pregnant. They, they, they tell us that. Except for they're actually telling us that it's um, trans men that can get pregnant. You know, women! You know, you know people who have a uterus. And it turns out the only way that you can physically carry a baby, thus be actually physically pregnant, is to have a uterus. Not a penis, a uterus. And one that is not just some sort of weird implant, but an actual physically working, born with it, uterus. Not a assigned male at birth, as Healthline would like you to know. By the way, if you are trusting Healthline with any of your medical decisions, that moment in time should end when you type in the words, can men get pregnant, and click on that Healthline article. You shouldn't trust a damn thing that they tell you because it is literally, medically, biologically, physically impossible. It is not a real thing that they're telling you can happen. They are committing pseudoscience upon America as if it is truth and it's not 
It's insanity. But if you thought that answer was insane, I want you to hear this. Because you do need to hear it. So, so abortion should be allowed then, by your definition, for any reason, for any purpose, at any stage, right? I trust people to make decisions about their body. And then when relevant, I think that they need to consult their medical practitioners. Okay. And not if, if it is, Listen, let me just ask you this question. If it is not lawful and morally acceptable to take the life of a 10-year-old child, I assume you agree with that, right? That would be wrong, correct? I believe that. Okay. That is and wrong. a two-year-old child, same thing. That would be murder. We would all agree that's wrong. Then what is the principal distinction between the human being that is two years old or nine months old or one week old or an hour old than one that is eight inches further up the birth canal in the utero? What, what's the difference? Why is it okay in the latter case and not the former cases? I trust people to determine what to do with their own bodies. Wow. Full stop. Full stop. Full stop. It's a choice. I believe in their choice. Full stop. She's not the first person to make that claim, by the way. Now, I still don't have access to the video, but you can look it up on Twitter. I'm sure you can find it. Um, I just haven't been able to, to do so. Um, just haven't had the time. Now, there was another video where somebody had asked very similar questions to that congressperson. And the other person could not compute. That's, we were talking about the difference between murdering somebody who is literally just in front of us and alive and, and somebody who's still in the birth canal but is actually physically alive, kicking, screaming, able to, to do whatever. What is the difference? What is the difference? So there are four, four different potential outcomes here for Amy Arambi. And I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. I'm not trying to disrespect you. It's just a difficult last name to pronounce, just like people all the time mispronounce my last name. I don't take offense to it. I, so not trying to be offensive to you because I like to be kind when I can. Now, that being said, those four things, either that stunned silence tells us, because it was absolutely stunned silence, that she has never, ever even considered the question, number one. Number two, she's considered the question, and uh, she's pondering how to... Um, give an answer that would uh, hide her belief, and she couldn't come up with it. Number three, um, she's thinking to herself, should I really say this out loud? Or number four, um, she actually is just a vessel for the spirit of the age. I think... She's never, ever pondered the question. She is a vessel for the spirit of the age. And once she got a chance to ponder the question, she has no moral answer. Her answer is, I believe in the woman's right to choose, full stop. To choose what? To choose what? To choose at 10 years old to murder the child? Is that is that what you believe? You said you believe in their ability uh, to choose, full stop. Period. Amen. So... Eight inches, that that uh, that baby is crowning out 
during uh during the birth. Ah, uh, snippet in the neck. Are you kidding me with that? When do, what? You can't answer that basic question. You cannot morally answer it in a way that doesn't ascribe pro murder. But that, by the way, is the person they choose to put on full display for the American public. This isn't some man-on-the-street interview of which I was talking about before. This isn't that at all, right? This is not that at all. This is literally somebody that somebody in Congress decided to put in front of the American public in a congressional hearing. This was intentionally done. This person was intentionally put in front of this committee. Why would you do that? Why? Why would you do that? This is the most massive taking of an L that you could possibly want. That, that, that's who you're going to put up there? I, I, what innocent explanation for putting that type of an individual in front of the American public? Because by and large, the American public would agree with the pro-life position on this, on this matter. By and large, the American public, by about a 52 to 56%, depending on the new polling that's out there, believe that what? Believe that what? Abortion is murder. They believe that abortion is killing a baby. Now, I would argue that's a really low percentage of people who get that moral equivalency, but that is my own position. Would I put up the, the far, far, far extremist in front of Congress to speak on the abortion issue in the middle of a midterm election on purpose? No, I would never do that. Why? Why would you highlight the extremist position? Why would you do that? Unless you actually believe it, or unless the spirit of the age is the one doing the work. Because that is an L all the way around. That is the second L all the way around. Unless you think, well, that's just one person. Let me give you Joy Lumen, who says in a, in a tweet that was deleted, and then her account locked and now unlocked, by the way. But Joe, Joe Lumen, not Joy, Joe Lumen, this uh, individual, why does it matter? Well, she is a, wait for this Twitter bio, <clears throat> decolonizing faith and spiri spirituality, dismantling oppression and toxic theology. She, they. What? But you're about to see and, and hear this tweet. I would rather get an abortion than have a brown child who ends up being adopted by white evangelicals. It is not a kindness to children 
of the global majority to give them to people who will traumatize them with self and ancestral hatred. And abortion is an act of love. And abortion is an act of love. What? Now you might say, that is radical, and you're right. It is a very radical position from a very radical person who happens to also represent what it turns out to be actual feelings and thoughts of the pro-abortion movement. There, this is not just a quirky individual telling us this. How do I know that? We can go back to the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, who has documented in person, speaking in front of a camera and speaking on the radio, told us of her eugenicist beliefs. She has talked about getting rid of the, the quote-unquote Negro race through abortion. She believed that abortion was the answer to eliminating the Negro race. Her words, not mine, by the way. Her words, not mine. This individual is a racist. This individual is an anti-Christian bigot. Because it's not just evangelicals, by the way. Just, not just evangelicals. She went after Catholics in all of her diatribes after this as well. Catholics are somehow evangelical Christians to her. This isn't just that. Because she, she claims she wasn't talking about black babies, only the brown babies, because, well, she's, um, she's cute, uh, Colombian. So she can only speak on the, the behalf of the, the brown babies. And, and she knows everything. This is rooted. This is deeply rooted in the pro-abortion movement. This concept that rather than being born and having a struggle or having issues or having problems or, I don't know, um, being being adopted by a family that um, looks different than them and, and might um, think differently than Joe. Rather than that, let, let's kill them. Let's make sure that they don't exist. And she wants to lecture us on love and kindness. Just, just go and take a look at her Twitter feed, because it is open again now. Go ahead and take a look at it. This isn't just the ramblings of somebody who's insane while she is insane. This is representative of a maybe a minority position, but not a super minority, not a fringe of the pro-abortion movement. This is representative of the thoughts of a lot of people. If you were to ask a lot of people, go on the street and ask them, read that tweet and say, would you agree with that or not? I guarantee you, you might find a majority of the pro-abortion activists that are out there who would actually agree with that statement. What other innocent explanation for putting this in front of the American people do we have? What possible innocent explanation for, for giving this 
amplification, right? What other innocent possible explanation for putting this literally in front of the television screen of the American people is there other than the spirit of the age is doing the work? What other innocent explanation exists? There isn't one. There isn't one. This is the spirit of the age at work. And if you can't recognize that and get right with God, root yourself in God, get right. Because we're being made to pay our debt for denying truth, denying love, denying all of these things in the name of wokeism, in the name of all of this dismantling and decolonizing and all this woke spirituality that we that we see inside of our own church the church of me if you will right talked about that a lot on the show if we don't realize that these taking of the l's are happening because the spirit of the age is taking over our society These are not seen as L's to the spirit of the age. These are seen as W's. These are seen as wins, not losses. To those of us who are hip to the the spirit of the age game here, these are definite L's to truth and love. These are L's. These are obvious L's. These are obvious losses for our society. To have these things win is a loss. But guess what? Let's make sure that they take those L's when it comes to the ballot box. Let's make sure that we expose their stupidity, their spirit of the age, their darkness. Let's keep exposing it because eventually what happens to the spirit of the age when we know what happens in the Bible What happens? It loses when righteousness of cause and righteous people, righteously indignant to the spirit of the age, rise up and say, no more. No mas. To my Colombian friend. When we say no more, we win. And I'm not talking about vote for Republicans. I am talking about vote for people who get what is going on. Vote for them. Put them in positions of power. Take the power. Put people in positions of power who will take the bureaucratic bullcrap out of the equation. Take and put in power people who understand kindness and love and respect and dignity of human life. Put in positions of power people who will fight the spirit of the age battle that exists in this country. And it doesn't matter if they have a libertarian or a GOP or, God forbid, how the hell this would ever happen, a Democrat, a D an R, an L, next to their name. It doesn't matter what form it takes. Find those people and put them in power. That's what I'm talking about. Vet those people running for office and run away from those who believe in the spirit of the age. 
Run away from those who won't stand up to the spirit of the age. Most importantly, become somebody in your own life who will stand up to that. Whatever form it takes in your life. Now, speaking of spirit of the age and Orwellian bullcrap, um, something happened right after we went off the air yesterday. And that something was, well, we found out from the Washington Post that the um, the uh, communist Mary Poppins is dead. Yes, I am talking about Nina Jankowitz. And no, she's not actually dead. But the um, Government Disinformation Board, or the Disinformation Governance Board, that's its technical title in DHS, is um, on pause. Is that likely to come back? Probably not. Because uh, what else happened? Nina Jankowicz um, hinted that she was going to um, resign. Then she unresigned. And then she resigned again yesterday. So bye-bye, communist Mary Poppins. You know, the, the one who thought it was uh, appropriate to... Uh, Talk to us about uh, January 6th in, uh, in pure Mary Poppins musical terms. And congratulations, you love musicals. Great, grand, wonderful. Um, there's just a problem with you um, spouting your communist bullcrap in the form of uh, the wonderful um, Mary Poppins language. It's, it's still communism. Now. In and amongst all of this, explain to me how in the course of three weeks or ever in the history of creating a government disinformation governing board, right? A disinformation governance board within the bureaucracy of the DHS, within any arm of the federal government or local or state governments. Tell me how, how you saw that as a W. Tell me how, how, what innocent way is that a W? Now you might say, well, maybe they never thought that, that the other side would take it and, and run with it or that they, that they never saw that this would be, construed as Ministry of Truth from 1984. It took all of 2.2 seconds for myself to hear the words Disinformation Governance Board to go, oh, you mean Ministry of Truth. And then it took all of 2.2 seconds to find Nina Jankowitz to be a communist Mary Poppins, which thank you to Buck Sexton for that wonderful uh, nickname. But think about this. How, 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 how do you do this? A and think of it as a, as a win. How do you do this and not see this as an automatic loss, as a, as a way for you to, to take another loss in the public perception of you being adequate, of you being for the people, of you being competent at your job. There is no innocent explanation for this. Other than that they were hoping to slip one past the gatekeepers and allow Nina, I don't believe Hunter Biden's laptop story to be true, Jankowitz, to uh, 
to head this up and, and think you were going to get away with it. How? Oh, by the way, Alejandro Mayorkas tells us last week in a hearing about this very issue. They never vetted her social media. They never did. If you don't do that, how do you know what this person believes when it comes to quote unquote disinformation? Well, she's just a, an expert as Taylor Lorenz, that uh, wonderful doxer from the Washington Post, tells us. Lorenz's story from Reason, by the way, excessively flatters Jankowitz. She's glamorized as well-known in the field of disinformation. Yeah, she should be well-known in the field of disinformation for spreading it. Continuing, having extensive experience and well-regarded. And that's just in the first two paragraphs of Lorenz's glowing, wonderful, flowing piece in the Washington Post. There is zero mention, according to Reason, none whatsoever of the fact that Jankowitz was flagrantly wrong about the pivotal disinformation episode of the 2020 election cycle, the Hunter Biden laptop story. That's right. She couldn't possibly see that to have been, I don't know, not true. I, I'm not kidding you when it comes to this, by the way. Not kidding you one bit when it comes to this. See, for the Washington Post and Taylor Lorenz, the story is not that DHS, DHS has shuttered this disinformation governance board. The real story is that right-wing coordinated online attacks achieved this outcome after subjecting Jankowitz to an unrelenting barrage of harassment. Except for... Jinkowitz literally does this time and again. She bought the Steele dossier. She bought uh, the, the hook, line, and sinker of this is just Russian disinformation. She doesn't even have the capability of doing the job. That's the point. From the article, within hours of her new appointment, Jankowitz was thrust into the spotlight by the very forces she dedicated her career to combating. Uh, basically talking about Jack Posobiec and, and some of the others. But uh, the, the Post article continues, Jankowitz was on the receiving end of the harshest attacks with her role mischaracterized as she became a primary target on the right-wing internet, writes Lorenz. She's been subject to unrelenting barrages of harassment and abuse while unchecked misrepresentations of her work continue to go viral misrepresentations of her work you mean literally watching and reading her tweets but the washington post continues jankowitz's experience is a prime example of how the right-wing internet apparatus operates where far-right influencers attempt to identify a target present a narrative and then repeat mischaracterizations across social media and websites with an aim of discrediting and attacking anyone who seeks to challenge them it also shows what happens when institutions, when confronted with these attacks, don't respond effectively. Um, Newsflash Washington Post. This is exactly what, I don't know, um, you do to the right. This is also what uh, Media Matters for America does to anybody who disagrees with their leftist opinions. Now, I will say this. There are people on the right who do do this. They're wrong. It's important to take a step back, take a look at their actual records, take a look at their actual words, take a look at their actual work, and then make a decision. But to expose Nina Jankowitz as an absolute propagandist, as an absolute fraud, 
when it comes to disinformation. It's not some far right wing smear job. It is simply doing your homework. But they continued saying these smears leveled by bad faith right wing actors against a deeply qualified expert and against efforts to better combat human smuggling and domestic terrorism are disgusting. That from Deputy White House Press Secretary Andrew Bates. Wait, 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 wait. So now we're, oh, she was going to combat human smuggling and domestic terrorism. Except for define domestic terrorist, um, Nina Jankowitz. Oh, weird. It's all right wing? Huh. Okay. Huh. All right. But there's still more. DHS staffers have also grown frustrated. With the department's suspension of interdepartmental working groups focused on mis, dis, and malinformation, my three favorite words, some officials said it was an overreaction that gave too much credence to bad faith actors. A 15-year veteran of the department who spoke on the condition of anonymity because that's the only way that we're supposed to believe that these people are legitimate because he was not authorized to comment publicly. Sure, okay, whatever. But this in, this 15-year veteran called the DHS response to the controversy mind-boggling. I've never seen the department react like this before. But there's still more. Experts say that right-wing disinformation and smear campaigns regularly follow the same playbook and that it's crucial that the public and leaders of institutions, especially in the government, the media, and educational bodies understand more fully how these cycles operate. The campaigns invariably start with identifying a person to characterize as a villain, Attacking faceless institutions as, is difficult, so a figurehead, almost always a woman or person of color, because of course that's, that's exactly what happens here, is found to serve as its face. Whether that person has actual power within that institution is often immaterial. A- a- except for, wait a second, Nina Jankowitz is actually the head of the Disinformation Governance Board. She is literally the person in charge literally the person who has some power. But they continue, by discrediting those made to represent institutions they seek to bring down, they discredit the institution itself. Harassment and reputational harm is core to the attack strategy. Huh, where have we seen that before? Where? Oh yeah, calling everybody racist, homophobic, xenophobic. Um, where, where? Oh, that's Media Matters, and that's um, every leftist tactic too. It turns out that this is a tactic to discredit enemies in political warfare, period, point blank. You idiots. But they continue saying that institutions often treat reputational harm in online attacks as a personnel matter, one that unluckily employees or one that unlucky employees should simply endure quietly. Jenkowitz's case is a perfect example of this system at work, said Emerson T. Brooking, a resident senior fellow at the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab. The Atlantic Council. You know, that, that bastion of nonpartisan, oh, wait, far left wing radicalism. They tried to define people by these single decontextualized moments. In Nina's case, it's a few TikTok videos or one or two comments out of thousands of public appearances. They fixate on these small instances and they define this villain. Look, I could care less about her singing her communist Mary Poppins bullcrap. I could. I could care less. Really could. 
Go ahead, sing your sing to your heart's content. Be the wonderful musical person that you are. Don't care. What I do care about is you claiming the mantle of expertise on disinformation, and then you on multiple occasions, multiple times, spreading it, not being able to recognize it, you know, showing that you aren't an actual expert. Now, can people get things wrong? Absolutely. People get things wrong all the time. But, but, I cannot claim the mantle of being an expert on something when I've gotten the crux of the matters of two of the biggest quote-unquote disinformation campaigns of the last, I don't know, quarter of a century. When I've gotten those dead ass wrong, not even like on the margins, not even I, you know, I can't tell here or there, not even skirting one way or the other, but dead ass wrong. You don't get to claim the mantle of expertise and you should be nowhere near having any form of power or advisory board power or uh, being able to tell anybody this is the way we should go or that's the way we should go, especially in a government apparatus that, by the way, has told us that there are weapons of mass destruction all over the place in Iraq and we still magically have never found them. Uh, the same apparatus who continuously has gotten locations of people wrong, uh, the the wrong informants telling them wrong information, um, hiring double agents all the time. When you can't get your crap together, then you're going to advise a board of people who also can't get their crap together and get things right. I don't know. On the very cruxes of matters. Call me crazy. I I believe you should be nowhere near a lever of power, period. Amen. Just 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 call me crazy on that. And with that, folks, I'm glad. I'm glad the left is exposing all of the L's that they want. Take all the L's that you possibly can here. Please, please keep doing it to yourself. Because what you are doing is exposing the spirit of the age for what it is. Pure, unadulterated evil. And until tomorrow, until that wonderful Fish Fry Friday, I'm Andrew Coppins. This has been Critical Thinking. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. And as always, Matthew 547. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.